Investment holding company Remgro reported results for its financial year to the end of June. The group, of course, has stakes in banking group RMB Holdings, MediClinic International, insurance group RMI, Distel and RCL Foods, to name a few. The headline earnings per share increased by 1.8% to 15.13. The total dividend for the year rose by 7.5% to 5.32, while the intrinsic net asset value per share was just shy of 257 rand a share. On the line is Yanni Durant. He is the CEO of Remgro. Yanni, welcome to the show. Remgro didn't really shoot out the lights this year. Uh, how should shareholders view the final dividend of 3 rand 28 a share and the total dividend of the year of 5 rand 32, uh, which is an increase of around 7.5%? Should shareholders be happy? Yeah, I think if you look at the, the increase, the interim dividend we only increased by 5.2%. The final dividend we increased by 9%. It was actually reflective of a much better second half performance. So the total dividend increased by 7.5%. And if you look at the underlying results you've mentioned, it's up 1.8%. But if actually if you just include the option re-measurement on the medical debt, which is not really um, the cash flow item or anything liability, it's actually up 7.7%. So we increased the dividend line more in line with what we think is a normalized earnings increase of 7.7. So that's why we reward shareholders much higher than what the actual increase is in terms of accounting standards. So we think our underlying earnings are 7.7, and that's why we've increased the dividend also by 7.5%. Several of your businesses are really dependent on the local economy. Um, and as uh, we all know, the economy is not in a great shape at the moment. Um, and I don't think there are any prospects of any material improvement in the short or medium term. How are you approaching business in this environment? Yeah, it's a challenging environment. The consumer is struggling. I mean, I think there's, uh, if you look at the average household, they're probably over-indebted in, in SA Inc. So we know in a technical recession, I mean, first round, we spoke to the first round, I mean, they think the economy, the structure of the economy, can only grow at 1.7 max, uh, and that, that actually, if you think of population growth over 2%, that we're actually in a demographic recession as well. But the impact on the business is very tough environment, very dependent on the local economy, about 75% of our earnings is derived out of South Africa. So what do we have to do? We have to be tight, we have to be lean, mean, we have to actually be better than the opposition to make sure we get market share, because you're not going to get a, a tailwind of a economic growth. So where do you actually make money get growth is by actually better than the opposition and getting market share. And that's how we're positioning our businesses. On the positive side, I think we've got very good defensive businesses. So through a downturn in the economy, they will still generate good cash flow, solid cash flow, although they will be hurt, but not as much as other businesses that are much more cyclical. I think our business is a good defensive business in the local economy. You have around 6 billion rand in cash in the bank. Um, are you viewing the current economic situation as an opportunity to, to make new investments? Yes, yeah, if the pricing gets right, clearly I think if people are more realistic about pricing. I think if you, if everybody talks about the Rendra discount, maybe there's an opportunity to buy back some shares at a 20% discount. It's always an attractive opportunity to buy back your own shares. We know the underlying investments and you can get them at a 20% discount. So that. So we can always use the cash for that. 
also to get in these tough times to have some cash on, on the balance sheet to support your businesses going forward and actually to help when things are going tough. What is your view of uh, valuations at the moment? Um, you know, you have in South Africa two tiers. You have these big corporates uh, with earning a lot of their revenue and, and earnings offshore, which are, you know, are really performing well and is expensive, while local counters, especially listed um, mid-caps, are really, uh, really performing poorly, and some are trading even down more than 20%. Do you think those valuations are within reason and, and could twist your arm to, to acquire something locally? Yeah, I think if you if you strip out, I mean, be quite honest, Nasper, Richmond, and uh, the, in a kind of like a British American tobacco, which consists of a lot part of the the, um, the the index, I think there is some companies that is trading probably to work and value. So I think there is some um, could be. Um, I if you look at the global market, I think the global market is overpriced at the moment because of the cheap cost of capital. But I think there is in the South African market, you step out those three big counters, they eat quite a bit of value probably in the exchange. And I think, to be quite honest, that's why I said if you look at Rembrandt and discount, Rembrandt can be, you can require Rembrandt share at 20% discount. That's something that we would look at seriously as Rembrandt itself. What are your thoughts on, on that 20% discount? Um, African Rainbow Capital um, reported results earlier uh, this month. Uh, their discount is between 30 and 40%. NASPA is also closer to 40%. So how should, you know, your shareholders view that 20%? Is that within reason? Yeah, if you look through the history, I mean, when we unbundled the BAT um, stake in 2008, the discount was about 28%. It, in the good times, I mean, just after the financial crisis 2012-2013, it narrowed to about 5 6% at one point in time, not back up to 20 um, what's a reasonable discount? I can't give you that answer. I think um, the market determines that discount. But a discount always presents an opportunity. If you've got some cash on the balance sheet, you've got some strong underlying assets that generate cash will give you the opportunity to acquire these assets at a discount. So it actually sometimes benefit the company they pay a discount and they've got the cash flow to actually buy back shares. Don't use debt. That always becomes into very dangerous territory. Yeah. Let's talk about one of your underlying investments I really like, and that is the unlisted entity Dark Fiber Africa, which is rolling out a fiber network around the country, and it has been doing so for a while. Um, you know, in my home, our fiber connection is probably more valuable than the water supply and electricity. There's absolute war if the, the internet goes down. Um, and, and, and Dark Fiber Africa provides that backbone for many internet service providers to actually provide broadband access to households. Uh, what is the status of the company and, and, and how is it growing? The company is actually going quite well. We've got over 11,000 kilometers of fiber, mainly supplying to, as to, to the telco companies, and we're also a supplier on that. That's why it's called Dark Fiber. We don't let it. We're very excited about the company. A couple of months ago, we just um, announced as well that we, in process, we acquired 34.9% of Wumatel, and the balance we, at, at the moment at the Competition Commission, acquired the rest of the balance 65. And that's probably what you're using at the fiber to the home. I mean, we think it's very valuable. We actually is a pipe supplier to all the service providers, which, so we don't take a risk on bad debt and on the consumer. We actually supply to the, to the as you said, the industry service providers, so in the wholesale space, and we're very excited about it. So if you two put the two together, Rumatel and our fiber, it's over, it's, we've got over 20,000 kilometers of fiber in, in the metropolitan areas, which I think creates a, a big moat and a big barrier to entry for other players to come in.
But it seems very expensive to mm. actually lay those fibers. You know, there's a lot of, especially with Vumatau, uh, who puts those uh, fiber lines um, underground, um, and it takes time. And, and I've been in one of those neighborhoods where there's been severe disruptions. Um, what is the business model there? How many clients do you actually have to have to make such a an expensive installation viable? And, and can it be rolled out to other less populated areas? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of models. If you look on the wholesale side in the metropolitan areas where dark fiber plays, we will lay um, dark fiber. We've got contracts with a Vodacom, a CLC, etc. So we'll do that. So it pays for itself. You're absolutely right. The digging and the trenching is about 70% of the cost of the fiber. Very, very, um, very expensive. But once you've got it in the ground, you've got actually got a, a barrier to entry. So and once you sign up the client, it's very difficult for somebody else to come and lay in the fiber because you have to get permissions and things like that. So that's why it's quite, I said it's quite a good offensive type of play in that respect. Going to the homes, I mean, we actually just getting to the Vumatel. Yes, you need to sign up about... 20 to 50 percent of the neighborhood for it to make sense. But that's why you must be very careful of the neighborhoods that you select to make it work. The third one is, can it be to the less populated? We're looking at models where we actually want to put it into townships, to be quite honest, where you can actually, like prepaid, you can sell prepaid fiber to people who are using at the last, the last mile some wireless things. So we think that can be an exciting opportunity to, like, as prepaid has become on, on the mobile side very popular and it was actually developed in South Africa, we think we've got to play there on the fiber side as well. So we have to be very excited about that. We'll have to leave it there. Thank you, Yanni. That was Yanni Durant. He is the CEO of RemGrow. Just a last look at the markets. The all share up nearly half a percent now. So some good traction here in the late morning, early afternoon, uh, currently at 56,713 points. Uh, the rand seems steady at around 14 rand 48 against the dollar. And that's it for this Thursday edition of the Money Web Admiral Show from myself, Raik Vinnekerk, and the Money Web team. Thanks for tuning in.